0: Hi everyone welcome back to Winter chats with robin the instagram live podcast where i sit by my window and chat with very interesting people now full disclosure this is not my window uh i'm in my childhood home today and that's uh, i thought i felt like uh very reminiscent so i wore a little headband to feel like a child and that's as far as i go with fashion oh my god watson you're here okay inviting you in today's guest is watson rose maybe feeling it okay. Yes. You're so Hi! you cool. Okay. I'm like, what's your hair going to look like today? Okay. Oh God, that's
1: always the question, isn't it? That's what I ask myself every time.
0: I didn't know you had so many different looks. When I first met you, you had a completely different look. And then I remember doing a class with you and you told me who you were and that we've met. I go, no, no, we haven't. I was in shock.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's, it's a weird experience still. Cause, um, for those of you that don't know, I had short hair for... 10 years like we're talking like shaved sides curls on top i had a pixie cut for 10 years and then when the pandemic started i just stopped getting haircuts because i couldn't and now i have so much hair and i yeah it's weird i look at myself in the mirror still sometimes and i'm like oh oh god but (laughs) you know
0: (laughs) classic self uh positive self-talk
1: Yes, yes. You got to have that self-deprecation in there. But, yeah, it's easy. I oh, kind of look what like I? a
0: sheepdog, but a
1: very cute sheepdog.
0: I was trying to figure out, like, how to, because I'm new to the bangs world. I'm like, how do I wear a hairband with the bangs? Do I, like, I, I couldn't decide. So I'm like, I'm going to put it somewhere on my head. It matches the shirt. It's a look. This is my vibe today. Um, yeah. Like 80s. Okay. I love it. But then I thought it, like, kind of matched. You're, you always have, like, this really cool fashion. When I saw you at the Toronto Fringe, you were editing some s- editing, reviewing some stuff. Yeah. Uh, and you had the coolest look on. Like, fashion, I, right. you're a very fashionable person in oh, my mind. So yeah. Well, today like, this I'm this wearing a,
1: like, okay. Tom Cruise, Maverick, Top Gun, just jumpsuit. So today we've got a classic, classic Watson. Lacer Watson. AKA lazy. One piece, uh, stunning.
0: But I don't find the one piece lazy. Because you have to commit when you're going to the bathroom to like, be aware that you're gonna have to take like that. That's a lot that more true. effort to go to the washroom in the that one case. That is piece. true.
1: You to mentally prepare yourself for every single trip. Just to It's exhausting.
0: Yeah. That's commitment. Like people say, no, I'm lazy. I'm like, no, you've, you've committed to the bathroom routine. Bravo. Yes. This is what we talk about. Aren't you excited you said yes to being a guest?
1: <laughs> I know immediately I was like, oh, this is gonna be, uh, this is gonna be a thing. It's gonna be great.
0: Oh, God. Your resume is so you. The the tone that you wrote or even like your resume, but also your bio. I love <laughs> I love the plant comment at the end. For those of you that don't know Watson, uh, plants are her like a thing. And I, to this day, I still talk about we had to do an exercise in an acting class that Watson and I were in together. Shout out to Sophie uh, and Rooney, I should probably say your yes. whole name. That would help. Just like, what? You don't know, Sophie. Uh, <laughs> you should know her. Uh, but Who are you, you were doing what? this whole, like, what was it? You were repotting the plant? Is that the term? Yes.
1: I repotted an Anthurium.
0: Yeah. Yes, that, exactly. That plant is what yes, I was going, to, yeah. was going to say. It was so peaceful and so fascinating to watch. And I'm I just, oh, Like you made planting or being one with the plants look cool. I went home and I looked at the um, succulent that's slowly dying in my place and I go, Oh, I'm so sorry, Chris Pine. I named him Chris Pine. And uh, (laughs) I watered him that day. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, then the nice thing about it, like, I mean, in that class in particular, you know, we were supposed to be exploring our own artistry and, I feel at times my, my wow, oh my God, my mouth just was like, nope, not today. Uh, I feel like my most artistic and authentic self when I'm by myself, just taking care of my plants because, you know, I've done the work I've researched. It just brings me so much joy to see like that creative expression of me, like trying different types of soil and different things. And I sound like such a nerd right now, but it's, no, I love it's just it. really, yeah, I love I love my plants, they've kept me sane since I moved here, and uh, yeah, they might be, many have described them as too much or excessive, and uh, I'm inclined to agree, but they make me happy, so. So I'm picturing,
0: I've never been to your place, but there's a scene in Jumanji when their whole house pretty much turns into a jungle, and that is how I envision your place, you have to move the plants out of the way (laughs) to get
1: literally every time one of my friends comes over to my place for the first time, they walk in and go, Oh uh, yeah. 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 I get it. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. So there's, there's a lot, but, um,
0: oh my God. you know, I love them. They're great. They make me happy. Yeah. Do you have, wait, do you have names for all your plants? Cause that's exhausting. I do. Oh I do. Okay. So here's the thing. I, I mean, having plants is kind of like having a pet in a way. Um, I see that. Yeah. You got to take care of it.
1: Yeah, and every time I go out of town, whenever I book something, <laughs> um, every time I go out of town, I need someone to take care of my plants. So I have an exhaustive uh, list yeah. where I have, uh, kept like, tracked how often they need to be watered, what type of sun they need, how often they need to be rotated. I keep track of the last date that I did rotate them, how often they need to be given fertilizer, if they... Uh, need to be repotted, what type of soil they like, when was the last time I repotted them, because some plants can only be repotted like once every couple of years, some prefer being root bound. Um, So in a smaller pot, some like monsteras, you can repot them whenever you want, and they'll just keep going and be fine. Um, So I have a list. And in order to help my friends differentiate between my various plants, for example, I have three monsteras, but they're all different sizes i've given them all names and added tiny little drawings so they can identify which plant is which
0: most of attention. them are
1: named the red queens
0: let's be honest. oh i love that i love yeah. that the attention to detail as well just to... you see this is this is my problem with i don't want to like i would not be good at plant sitting i'm not good at dog sitting or babysitting so i would probably intentionally want to get in fights with people around the time i know they're leaving so I'd be like, "Sorry, we're not talking right now. I can't watch your stuff." And then, "Oh my gosh, welcome back! Uh, let's be friends again until you leave next time." This is a thought I just had. I don't know if it's gonna work because I just shared it with people. But you know, the people that don't watch this will never know. I'd be like, mm, "No, I'm in a mood." Okay,
1: that's that's it. a lot,
0: like that's a good friend. I think. Yeah, yeah. But well, I think I, people do that. I feel like people are friendly. I don't know. I'm still learning how to be a friend. It's an exhausting process. Yeah, I feel like I've made it
1: pretty easy for people, and also like. I will only ask people that I know it's not going to be super out of their way. Like I'm not going to ask one of my friends that lives all the way on the other side of town that has to drive and park and everything. Um, So I have a good friend, shout out to Kiana Wu. She just won a Dora Award. She's amazing. But she's currently in Soul Pepper Academy, which conveniently is down the road from me. So every time I need someone to watch my plants, Kiana is an excellent resource for that because she walks by my condo on her way home.
0: There's no excuse
1: not to watch it. Well, and also I think she just likes it. I think she likes the plants too.
0: I mean, look, if I'm around someone like you that's as passionate as you are, I would just, I think I would like it more, you know, because you have, first off, it's organized. I love a good organization. Oh, it makes me happy. Because otherwise I, say I go, oh, that, I go? But... oh, is it too much? Okay. I'm gonna...
1: uh, well, I mean, my, my list is organized. Are my plants organized? Uh, <gasps> no, I have so many on the floor. It, it is. Yeah, it's an excellent, like, I don't have a gym membership right now because I just get to duck and weave and do like barrel rolls around my plants. It's great. I would,
0: okay, I would pay for this gym membership of, like, plants. You know how everyone does, you know, CrossFit? This is move a plant, you know, lift one over your head. This is, yeah, yeah, curls.
1: Yeah, I got some big ones, too. I can actually, oh, let's see. This might destroy (gasps) my entire setup. But if we move. Whoa! I've got many. That is obviously not all of them, but those are the window plants. I've got table plants over here. There's uh, they're everywhere.
0: That's so fun. Yeah. I love that.
1: They make me happy.
0: It's an SNL bit. I'm <laughs> working out with plants. That's Honestly,
1: that's, that's cool. the dream. Or just like an SNL bit of all these people who like refuse to go out and
0: they're like, I get all the attention I need from my plants. I talk to them twice a day. Oh my God, because we're, we're writing that's something. Now. That's hilarious. Uh, the plants start talking to you. Something, something along those lines. I don't Look.
1: know. One of my dreams is to be in a Poison Ivy movie. I want to play Poison Ivy and I want like it to start. But I want it to be like a darker re- um idealization of Poison Ivy instead yeah, of Yeah, cuz it's like... right now it's very Disney, so. Yeah, it well, it really is. Is it okay. like, "Oh, I got poisoned by my plant and now I'm green and now I talk to plants." Yay, Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm. And she's fantastic and I love that movie. But oh wait, wait, no, that's Michelle not Michelle Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. It's Uma Thurman. Thurman. It's it's Uma Thurman. Thurman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Uma Thurman. Thank you. Um, but I want it to be like she starts going crazy because she's just surrounded
0: by plants all the
1: time. And I feel like that's that's my destiny. That's my future. It's gonna happen.
0: <laughs> People come and visit you and next thing you know, you transform. Yes. I thought Have you, you spoken to Jeremy? Jeremy yes.
1: <laughs> A plant, <laughs> not a cat, a plant.
0: Oh god, that's so funny. Oh my goodness. It's such a, it's, oh, that's cool. so, it's so creative though. It's like a good idea. I like that. You put it out there. Someone watches this, they go, oh good. I was looking for an evil poison ivy that's lost their mind.
1: Well, plus look, DC needs to up their writing game with some of their movies, my friends. Um, so I'll talk to some people. We'll make it happen. Do something weird. Yeah. Why not? It's, you've done a,
0: I was reading your resume. You've done some fun roles. I got really excited. I saw you yeah. did Inga and Young Frankenstein. I'm like, that is a fun role. That i made me smile
1: when i auditioned for that play i was or that musical i was like this is gonna be great i will play anyone but inga i don't want to play inga Hilarious. also inga's a soprano i am not a soprano i'm an alto and then i went in and i was still that was my uh first year at the u of a and i was still very much in that phase of like ah i haven't started to hate myself yet from the judgment and pressure of my peers So I went in and they were like, oh, can you sing this excerpt from Inga? And I was like, heck yeah, let's just have fun. Let's be a weirdo. So I did. And then they cast me and I was like, well, she has to to yodel. There's a lot of, uh, I had to, I had to learn how to yodel. I didn't fully, but I tried. You committed. Yeah, it was, uh, but let's be honest. She has the best songs. Rogin's hey, It's the best.
0: I was laughing so hard because I'm like, I want to do one with you. I, w- I played Elizabeth, the girl that just comes in and has diva yes. moments. And I'm like, oh, my God, to play that as you as Inga, I would just, I would just, the problem is, if I did it with a friend, I would just be in awe of their acting the whole time. I'd be like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. shoot, I have to go on stage, but I'm watching their scenes, so I can't do it. So yeah. I think that would be fun.
1: Well, and I was like, I was raised on Mel Brooks stuff and Monty Python and everything. My dad is like, my dad loves Monty Python. So I had seen the Mel Brooks um, Young Frankenstein when I was really, really young. And so it just, yeah, it was a nice little moment of being able to kind of live in that. And also a lot of the people that were involved in that production, because that was like outside of the drama department at the U of A. It was one student in in particular, Louie. Um, trying to create his own opportunities and he really wanted to direct this musical and uh at the U of A there is a BFA program that you have to audition to get into and if you don't get into it you are swept into the reject pile that is the BA drama program (laughs) which which is kind of how it feels sometimes though and um so you had this wonderful collection of BA students who were not the actors of the program but really just went for it and like um my friend Braden, for example, he played uh, Frankenstein's grandfather, and that he has an incredible, incredible voice, but just the energy he brought to it, it was so incredible being part of that production that was really just people giving it their all because they didn't typically have the opportunity. So it was a really incredible experience and um, just people really doing their best work and trying to take advantage of the small opportunity they got. So it was, it was a great time. Loved it.
0: I with there's so many things that I've learned and I, I hate it when people say there's no small roles because that's when mm-hmm. I go, I'm not a lead, don't talk to me. That's what you say to make people feel better. But then yeah. I embrace the notion of a small role and just mm-hmm. thinking what I could bring to this, and here you go, you're not gonna forget exactly. this. This is my take on the small role. Enjoy.
1: Exactly. And sometimes people in the smallest roles can have the largest impact. Like you don't have to have a hundred li- if you have to have two hundred and fifty lines in a movie to make it yourself like to have an impact on your audience, I'm sorry, you suck at acting. Like you need to be able to take any role and truly make it your own and work with the material you've been given. Because regardless of whatever role you're in, you are representing a story and that story is probably happening and there are probably people relating to it. Even if you walk on and you have two words and your character isn't fleshed out and you're relegated to window washer number 12 or whatever, make the most of it. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. 11 was odd numbers here. Yeah. Yeah. Like
0: you have to say, okay, here's the thing. You say make the most of it, but the issue I find with on film, Mm -hmm. small roles is if you make the most of it, it's not like they're not hiring barista number 12. I'm going to go back to 12. Uh, you know, it's just literally here's your coffee, right? That's so if you're like, here is your yes no for sure
1: when I say make the most of it I I don't mean like chew the scenery because that's that's just you trying to steal the scene from other people what I mean is like yeah if you are playing the person that just delivers the coffee still do the work on it what was that person doing immediately before what are you experiencing in this moment how do you feel about this person you're giving the coffee to it's the small things and the small ways that you do things at the very least no one's gonna watch it and be like oh that person that delivered the coffee like they said that so flatly like
0: whatever it is if
1: it's an opportunity for you to get to work on screen and take advantage of like having the cameras there and experiencing being on set make the most of it for yourself don't just Mm -hmm. be mad that you only got one line or something Yeah, I I teach, I teach kids and one of the acting, obviously, um, one of the hardest things that I have to deal with is whenever we do large productions and we have to cast the kids. It's an extracurricular program. It gets really, really, really hard when all of the kids want the big role because they're still at that part. Like they're still at the point in their life where they're like, Oh, if you have the most lines, you're the most important. And that means you're the best. So before I cast, I always tell the students like, the size of your role doesn't matter. Oftentimes it's the people outside of the lead who are affecting the hero of the story. The protagonist is just experiencing the journey. It's the people around them that allow the journey to happen. So if you are given one of those roles, give us your best interpretation of it. Don't obsess over the size of the role or what it is. You do the work, you make it fun for yourself. Mm -hmm. You make it worthwhile for yourself. And if you're coming into this, especially for my students who want to become actors, like if you are going into acting only because you want a ton of screen time and to always be on screen, if you're not interested in the process and discovering character and working with a director and all of those things, this is probably not going to be a great occupation for you to pursue because you're going to be miserable even when you are succeeding. yeah. So why do that to yourself? If, if you're only in it to be like, I'm on screen constantly, make a TikTok. Make a TikTok channel. Ooh. Right, why not? But yeah. yeah, take advantage of the opportunities you're given. And sometimes the the shows and the parts that you immediately kind of get your, I don't know, all up in yourself about. I, I've been cast in parts before where I'm like, oh, that's the one I got. Those always end up being my favorite roles I've ever had because they're a challenge.
0: It's, it's true. and The fact that you were willing to embrace that challenge is yeah. very helpful. Uh, it, it is interesting, and Stefano asked this question, like I, putting, giving, like, lim- I feel as though actors limit themselves, right? And mm-hmm. it's, it is, it's, it's storytelling, it's, um, I find there is a difference when it comes to the small roles, when it comes to maybe a young children community theater versus mm-hmm. you know older you're on camera it's film because I think back in the day of when you get a small role and you have to show up every week and no one's doing your scene or your song and you just sit there it's so sad
1: yeah it is you know
0: if, if you're on you go uh if you're on film you go when it's your day to be you know maybe you'll do the table read whatever mm-hmm. uh but you know you don't just kind of sit there and watch other people do as a, in your child's mind what is clearly should have been your role
1: Yes, but absolutely.
0: I never thought of that before. This is, uh, this is why I have the chats. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Why did I not like getting a small role as a kid? Yeah. Other than like, before I learned to embrace it, uh, I'm just like, I would have to sit there and like watch other people and be like, I want to sing that song. I'm going to do that dance. It's so mm-hmm. fun. Uh, oh my goodness, my son. Whoa. It's this for the plants. It's better for the play I know I'm waiting for it. Uh, I'm struggling. I always get the one-sided window because I feel like if I face it full on, you see all the background. Nah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't. But thank no you for embracing to... the
0: window chat. Uh, there is no obligation for any guest to sit by the window, yeah,
1: but everyone. My seems apartment. To. I'm I'm very lucky in the sense that like half of my apartment is just window. So.
0: That's oh, that's lovely. It I makes a, a difference. Yeah, yeah we. Great. I used to live in a place with like a very small windows. And it was, it makes a difference now that I have more than one or two windows. I go, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, the sun, it exists from different angles.
1: (laughs) And that was something like when I moved into the city, I moved in um, during the pandemic because I had been living with my parents when I came back to Canada. And uh, that was like the only thing on my list was I need to have, I don't care if my apartment has any, you know, washer and dryer. Like, I don't care about all this stuff. I don't care if there's a gym in my building there needs to be windows (laughs) first of all my plants I've invested so much money into these plants at this point like I can't have them die because they don't get enough sun but also for myself like not knowing people in the city on top of things being locked down I felt so trapped in my apartment all the time and just the natural light was so 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 beneficial for my mental health yeah um So yeah, I'm glad I found somewhere with a lot of sun. It does make self-taping difficult. I have to set up many, many other lights at various angles to make sure that my like caveman eyebrows are properly lit and you can actually see my eyes. It's great, as you can see from the, yeah. I have a very hard face to light, it turns out. Okay, I,
0: I feel like we had this conversation and I thought only someone that's modeled or someone would know this, like, what?
1: Well, it really, it came to me when, so yeah, I I used to get that all the time when I was modeling is people would be like, oh, okay, we need to like adjust the lights. It was so much lighting, pork grips and everything. Um, But the recent short film that I was in, Fishbowl, like there is a particular moment where the way that the lighting hits my face, my eyes are in shadow completely and my face looks like a skull which is perfect for the tone of the film. That's awesome. But after I was like, oh, I wonder if they did that deliberately. And then you watch the scene and it's like, "Nope, that's just that's just my face. It's just hard to light.
0: It's I saw the the preview for that. I like even you were only in it for a couple seconds. But I go, oh, my God, I want to know more. What is her character? Great. You look great on screen.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. It was uh, that was a really fun. That was a fun opportunity. in that, you know, I'm part of the production company. So I did have some creative control over like, who my character was and how she presented and how I looked and everything. So uh, it was exciting because when I, you know, when I was at TIFF and everything, there were people that had seen the short um, and none of them recognized me from it. And that was just like such a huge win for me. And I know so much of that is due to our incredible makeup artist, Irene, shout out to Irene. but. um yeah, it was just really gratifying to be like, ooh, I am an actor. Look Transformative. at me, Transformative. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It was great makeup. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, we and- bleached out the eyebrows. We we were on that trend before Hailey Bieber was, before all of these models were like, we were on the trend." It's fine. They watched
0: Fishbowl yes. and they said, oh my God, I'm bleaching my eyebrows. That's what happened. Yeah,
1: they were like, that creepy girl has no eyebrows. I want no eyebrows. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm an influencer. So that,
0: wait, can people watch this now, or is it still doing the festival route? What's the deal? No.
1: We're still okay. on the festival circuit, so we're actually uh, premiering at the Ohio, or at Ohio's Nightmares Film Festival um, this upcoming weekend, and uh, our executive producer and uh, director, who were the co-writers of the piece, Katisha Shaw and Ryan Andrews, they've been nominated for a writing award for it, which is cool. That is cool. Mm-hmm. They're
0: okay. Whatever. No, <laughs>
1: That's you have
0: fun. a a good group. What's how do I pronounce the name of the production company? <laughs> pardon I'm wait me. Wait for
1: you to choke. Uh, it's pardon me. No, it is um, Psychopomp Dreams Entertainment. Psychopomp. Yes. Why pump? So psychopomps are actually they're a certain variety of mythical creatures. They're not gods. They're not monsters. They're kind of the in between. Right. Um And when looking, because like the production company is primarily cat but also Ryan and all of the films that they've worked on together kind of follow like a similar lore and mythology and everything.
0: Right. I was laughing so. because I thought you meant it was primarily a cat animal. I'm like, Oh, oh okay. No. Just nodding. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, it's- yes. We just
1: have a cat who's in charge of yeah. everything. Um, you guys are really lovely.
0: inclusive. Amazing. Yeah. Mr. Uh, equal opportunities for cats. Okay. Yeah. Yes.
1: No. Um, but all of the films that they've worked on have kind of investigated all of the one films that they've worked on together so far that is completed. Uh, it was looking at mythology and legend and lore and all that. So yeah, we were, I, to be honest, we just Googled words and I was like psychopomp, fantastic. And then it turns out there's a whole bunch of websites already to do with that. So psychopomp dreams, entertainment, twas born, it exists. We have a website. It is a com <laughs> website. As Robin pointed out to me, I'm so used to .ca now. Uh, no,
0: that was, it was so funny because I keep seeing the commercials for .ca and I go, oh, wow, I guess it worked for people because I, I don't know who they're advertising for, for choose .ca. And uh, yeah, yeah, I clicked on it because I wanted to research for tomorrow or which is now today. Oh, <laughs> it's not working. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we figured it out. It's .com. Okay. It
1: is .com. So if you're interested, psychopomptreamsentertainment.com. Um, our are short first like official short as a group um fishbowl premieres yeah at ohio's nightmare film festival this weekend and then we are Are you going i'm not going to ohio no i work on weekends i teach but we are then going to the new york city horror film festival in december and so i am going to that um and i'll be there for a little bit and then we're hoping to have our canadian premiere sometime soon so stay tuned for
0: info on that I feel like because it's a horror thing, I would feel the need to dress up like a scary creature. Oh. Is that too f- – I don't know how these premieres work. I've never – maybe I've been to one, but I've never really clocked that I was at one. Yeah, at I just want to look
1: like creepy glam, you know? I don't want to go in, like, full – costume and everything but i want to do kind of creepy glam i feel like i have an entire section of my wardrobe that is just like
0: you, okay you are fashionable vintage. young lady you every time i saw you at a tiff thing you're just rocking these outfits i go i don't know who's dressing her or if that's just in you it was impressive every time like this is this is a vibe right here i you, yeah you know how to work it is that a how you say that right is that creepy i don't know anymore i appreciate things lately. That.
1: No, I very rarely buy new clothing. So a lot of that was like recycled outfits from previous events and everything. And I I mean, throughout TIFF, I was fully relying on other people to tell me the tone and atmosphere of certain events. So there were at least three nights where I showed up and was like, oh, I am so overdressed. (laughs) So the Hollywood North party where we ran into each other. Yeah, I was I was very overdressed for that. And then, um, we went to another event, um, that ended with the, uh, K night party. And, uh, I went with Madison and, uh, or no, I didn't go with Madison. I went with Laura. I went with Laura to that one. Um, I told her to dress up cause I had been told to dress up and we showed up at the first party and everyone was in jeans and like button downs. And we walked in and I walked in in like a gown.
0: I hate that. But also, yeah. would you rather, okay, would you rather be overdressed or underdressed?
1: Um, honestly, probably underdressed. Okay. Simply okay. because my collection of clothing is weird enough that even when I'm underdressed, it's still like, oh, that seems like a deliberate choice, because no one would just wear that. <laughs> um, versus when I'm overdressed, it's like, excuse me, ma'am, uh, this is a Dairy Queen, like, why... <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> Why are you in a bright oh red my ball God. gown? Oh my Why God. can I see like 90% of your boobs? What's happening?
0: Um, so, you're welcome, okay? I wanted some free ice cream. And if that's not how it goes, I'll go to the Baskins across the street, okay?
1: Yeah, sorry, is this, Don't appreciate is this them? not
0: the Met Gala? My bad,
1: no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I would, I would probably rather be underdressed because at yeah. least then I'll probably still feel cool. Um, versus overdressed. I'm like, oh, I'm trying way too hard. So hard. That's I just here, right? I
0: would love there was one party, I wore running shoes. And I go, I love this. I that's all I want. I want to be that person that just wears the running shoes. Because me walking yeah. in heels, I'm not gonna like, yes, I'll, I'll eventually train myself. That's weird train. Like, I'll get my calves to shorten, and it'll be lovely. And I can walk like a human in them. But until then, I look ridiculous. So I'm like, doing this weird walk i sometimes do the t-rex hands just to make sure that i'm distracting from the legs helps you know? like, balance.
1: Helps balance and i'm yeah.
0: like who's this girl oh no it's just robin she can't walk in heels i'm gonna do a whole walk a whole bike but well, uh, plus I, then I, it, you know it's in a way
1: your outfits represent to a degree your personality and who you as a person are and if oh, you no, are the person
0: say don't say, i don't understand
1: but Close if you're the person that
0: goes and wears shoes, you're the
1: person that prioritizes comfort and, you know, accessibility and movement mm. and not having a blood blister on your heel for the next two months. Oh as opposed God. to the person who's <laughs> just like, I wear heels because they told me to.
0: I like that. I'm gonna also if someone says why am I not wearing heels, I'm gonna use the term blood blister. That is <laughs> disgusting. I so I have that a was blood such blister. a visual I yeah, have I, a blood I, I blister on my much. heels. And thank you. We're all picturing it, it. we're all there with you. Uh, feel I'm better, one. okay. Yeah, it's-, it's gross.
1: Visualize it, we love it.
0: No, 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 you're going full poison ivy. You're getting into character, that's what's happening. You yeah. just wanna feel the blister, pain, plants will emerge. That's, that's how, you, this is your origin story. You wore heels one day, then a plant um, got inside. Next thing you know, you're half plant, half human.
1: Yeah. It's going to start yeah. like growing mushrooms.
0: Ew. I mean, and then people are doing shrooms and you'll be very profitable. So that would be, that would be, yeah. Look Business to, ideas. That's okay. why we have the chats. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dear God.
0: Oh God. Oh my God. I think I love how we started the chat with like 20 minutes of plant talk. Like we just painted you as this like ridiculous plant person, but in the best way possible, I think. I love anyone that's passionate yeah. about something. They're like, it's, I love this yeah. to a degree where it's not healthy. Cause I do that a lot. I'm like I like things to a degree where it's so unhealthy. Like I need to calm the fuck down. But yeah. I won't because no. I'm obsessive.
1: <laughs> Plus I feel like it paints a pretty good portrait of me as a person of like, oh, if you're in a conversation with me and things start to get awkward, will I br- bring up my plants? 100%. Do I talk about anything else? not really
0: but you You know what that's like when people have kids right and they're like here's mm-hmm. all the fo- you oh you got to take it here's okay here's the next level you take the pictures of the plants and then you start showing them look at how he's growing Robin, i already do
1: that i oh, already I didn't do know. that i'm not kidding
0: i like my mom and i have a
1: whole thing where i update her every time my hoya grows flowers because hers doesn't because clearly i'm a better plant mom than her no i'm okay. sorry, mom. Um, yeah, no, I, I have full on like photos of all of my plants on my phone and people ask, they're like, Oh, so I hear you have a lot of plants. I'm like, do you want to see? I have so many plants. Let me show you these ones.
0: Please do you use that voice. Cause that voice is incredible.
1: Uh, sometimes when I'm like really on one that day, yes, I will fully devolve into some sort of Eliza Schlesinger inspired caricature. And
0: yes, I want to, this is another idea I have. I want to commit to a voice when I meet a new person to a point where it's like, I, I don't I keep the voice the whole time, then they see me in another That's context, and then I just like, and then they hear me, right? My real voice, they go, wait, what, Robin? i like, yeah, what, what's yeah. <laughs> are,
1: are you going, are you, you don't, I've always been this way. What do you mean? I've
0: always talked like this. Like, it's a really weird, like, it has to be completely obscured to a point where they go, yeah. that poor woman has that voice. Yeah, it's the is, controversial accent yeah,
1: where you go it's going not, not a even way.
0: gonna be a noticeable, it's that accent where you go, where are they from? You know, it's like a little bit of everything and they go, what is their origin story? And then they find out I'm just like some girl from Thornhill and they go, oh, so she's just a, she's a character, okay. (laughs) I
1: I love doing that. I, yeah, but I used to, with my friends, like we used to go out to bars and just do random accents and see if anyone could tell. Um, Really easy in Canada, really difficult in Europe
0: because they actually mm. understand accents there.
1: So they'll be like, what are you doing that's not
0: real? (laughs) great yeah in Canada I can see that being easy someone I was on the elevator with someone the other day and I think they were Australian and I don't know what they were saying but all I could think of was oh my god I want an accent mm-hmm. it just makes you look cool like there's mm-hmm. I want to be your friend more yeah, yeah and it
1: just I don't know it's just something exciting you understand that they have a different life experience too because yeah no, yeah you know I, they're
0: I you know answer. they're not like like I don't want to say different, but you know, they have an experience that I don't have because, or maybe again, they could be like me and they just gave themselves an accent to be interesting. (laughs) That's an interesting story. That's a, that's a future window chats guess right there.
1: Yes, I do know. I do know a few people that uh, I can confirm have exaggerated an accent in their life. And you can tell, because then when something happens, all of a sudden they don't have an accent anymore. And you're like, oh, cool. That's awkward for you. Great. <laughs> These people exist. They do
0: exist. Oh, I as I, soon I, when I come up with ideas, I go, No, this this is this is a thing that people do. That every time I think it's not a thing someone will do, I look it up online. I go, Oh my god, I can't believe someone's doing this. Because I'm trying to work on my it. comedy and I go, This will be funny, like this crazy idea, and I go, People have done that? Okay. That's a choice. Yeah. Very weird. Very weird. Um yeah. I wanted to ask you speaking of weird you have a very interesting what was the dance skill on your resume it was oh my gosh it wasn't flamenco oh which God. is also interesting yeah, there was another kind was it historical you... dance yes what is historical dance okay okay <laughs> let's get into this yes. so um,
1: at the school that i went to uh they had a wonderful teacher named diana And Diana's job was to teach us historical dance. So the school that I went to Lambda, they are one of the only programs in the world that has a specific classical theater program. And one of their main focuses is classical theater. And uh, we would learn twice a week, we would have a class where we went in and we learned like traditional court dances. So the, like, step, so like the- step, pop, and the, yeah, yeah, we learned Raise all of hands. these different okay. court dances. Oh, you can these- be in
0: Bridgerton. Okay, you're cool.
1: Well, so that's the thing, is, like, in the UK, there are so many historical dramas that take place in court. So uh, the new one that just came out, it starts with a B. It's from the same people that did Downton Abbey. Uh,
0: not Bridgerton. Does oh, it start with I know B? what you're, t- I, um, yeah. Yeah, I've seen the trailer, and I go, is this Bridgerton? But it's not.
1: It's not, no, but anyways, a whole bunch of people from my program are actually in that show as background dancers. And Diana just hired people to come in and like they're literally doing the court dances that we learned in class. So yeah, if we need to do the like on tiptoes, step, step and sync, and step, step in sync, and hop and hop in two and three and round in a circle. Now we go and switch the partner and bow. Like, yeah, I, I had to do that for an entire year. That was one of the only classes at Lambda that everyone had every single semester until we studied um, Spanish Golden Age Theater. And then we started doing like flamenco. But yeah, up until then it was all like, around the circle and there was a courtroom piano and la-da-da-da-da-da. Da, da, da. It was great.
0: I want you to like meet a fellow classmate at a bar and just start historical dancing.
1: It's gonna happen sometime like we just need we just need some old timey music and uh, alcohol. Yeah, it's gonna happen.
0: I, I love that though because I always wonder how do they learn those dances on set or apparently at Lambda so
1: that's well and diana like that's that is her specialty that is what she teaches she is a historical dance professional she goes into different tv series she teaches well she used to teach at lambda like that is her job that's what she does
0: can i say a cynical comment what if she's just making up shit because no one can refute it right they're all dead Oh, no. Diana is a very,
1: very serious uh, British lady um, who takes her historical dance very seriously. And yes, Sam knows. I see Sam commenting. Sam is aware. Yes. Uh, She takes it very seriously. And she is the sort of person where like, even if you're not going, if you're not raising your heels high enough, she will tell you if it's historically accurate. Um, So yeah, she's, she's very hardcore. She has done the work. She
0: understands. It's great. That's such a... I love that you just have that skill in your back pocket. I just... I love reading people's resumes. Uh, Uh, I hate reading my own, but I love reading other people's
1: resumes. Well, And that's the thing, though, is, like, it's kind of a shame. I mean, no, it's not a shame. I'm glad I learned it, and it was really cool to learn. But I feel like for the students that live and stay in the UK, that is a genuinely relevant skill. You will probably need that in your pocket. In Canada... Canada canada as a country is still like incredibly young as like our colonialist nation we are still very young we don't have a need for courtroom dances so realistically the chances of me ever actually using this skill on stage unless i'm like in something at the shaw festival or stratford and even then they tend to be doing more modernized adaptations of things now or not adaptations but more modernized like design wise uh visions of these classical shows I will probably never use that skill but for my peers that are still in the UK like that is actually something that yeah is really good for them to have in their back pocket for when they need it because they probably will at some point
0: I want you to book something needing this skill and then I will play this component of the chat back and be remember when you thought you would not need it
1: (laughs) well and look like there there are some um British based series that have done casting out of Canada. So, like the Vikings series, um, oh, yeah. a lot of the actors in the original Vikings were Canadian. And then when they did the spin off, Valhalla, not as many Canadians in it. It was more Brits. Speaking of Sam, Sam84763 in there, that's my friend Sam Stafford. I went to London with him. He is in the TV series Vikings Valhalla. So, check him out in that. Um, but yeah. Like, well,
0: what's with the Sam? Num- Sam, what's with your numbers? What's with the username? I always have questions about the numbers. Message me privately. I need to know, like, where are they yeah. from? It's his social insurance. No, it's not. It's not long enough or short enough. Okay. Yeah. So it's a it bank was, pin.
1: We had like one of those little conversations when he was doing it where I was like, maybe I can audition for and get cast in this show. But no, at that point, they were focusing more firmly on people with the authentic accent um, mm. rather than people just approximating the accent, which is fair. Yeah, which I can I see that. I resent it, but I understand it.
0: I, I resent it only when the rule isn't for everyone and you know, they make exceptions yeah. because of star power or something. And I go, but <laughs> it's fine. Yeah.
1: Oh God. I don't want to talk about it. So many bad accents.
0: So many bad accents. But... Sometimes in the best possible way, it, you know what, when I see a bad accent, it gives me confidence to know, you know what, if I fully commit to an accent, I can do it. I can do it.
1: Yeah. Well, and like the thing is, I don't know. I, again, I feel like, um, I try not to you go an, too you far. You did a what
0: was your accent? Like a southern accent? I like, go. Oh, I didn't know she had. Oh in god! Yeah. It, I mean,
1: to be fair, it wasn't the southern accent I should have been doing because um, we were supposed to be doing the Mississippi accents, which are pretty difficult because they're similar to Kentucky, but they're softer. Um, so, of the three of us, like Miles and Laura and I, we were all doing different southern. But
0: accents. Okay, I was like, doing every, straight
1: up Georgia. <laughs> like, you
0: all, all three of you say like I it just worked. It just, that's the thing you all committed to your roles. And that's why, when it comes to accents, I, Mm -hmm. you, you did, you did your choice, but you committed to the character and I felt that all three of you were sisters. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was, that was a fun time, but yeah, with accents, I find like, again, we tend to take them so much for granted here. I know that there are schools in Canada that do accent development courses and everything. Mm -hmm. And I try not to go too far down the rabbit hole of like comparing, um, UK theater to other places simply because they have resources beyond what we can even picture when it comes to theater here. So there does, in the UK, there does tend to be a heavier focus on things like accent development, especially so many of their actors have to know Gen Am.
0: They have to okay. be able to
1: do an American accent. We don't focus miss, on you, it. Gen,
0: you call general American Gen Am?
1: Gen Am, yeah. That's,
0: I always say G-A, but I love Gen Am. That's, it sounds like an airline.
1: Because I am pretentious. No.
0: Um, <laughs> because... Yeah. Uh,
1: But, you know, even at Lambda, we start learning when we talk about accents, we learn uh, not only about now my brain is forgetting uh, the name of the alphabet. That is for oh my God, this is like my specialty. And I can't even think of the words right now. Um, We're all judging you. Everyone's embarrassed. (laughs) You should be it actually is embarrassing. Um, We go beyond just learning the alphabet and the speech sounds and like they go into teaching you about the different zones in your mouth and how if you like, place the sound in different places it helps the accent seem more authentic and there isn't we don't focus on those pieces of knowledge in North America you know so yeah it, I feel like actors here get so used to being like oh I just listened to something and if I can imitate it it's a good accent but if you actually take the time to understand like the way that the different speech structures in your mouth work and interact with one another it makes it so much easier to learn a consistent accent
0: mm-hmm. there was this one story i heard of an actor getting trained in a certain dialect only to learn that the person who trained him had did it in his own way because he had an accent on top of that so this guy made up <laughs> his own version i think it was general american And I just love that story so much because you don't know where your coach is coming from. And so I think it was, uh, they they listened to tapes that the coach made and they did this (laughs) accent. Yeah. It's such an innocent mistake. I thought it was so cute. Oh, I really want to say it it was for Jurassic Park. That's, I think I saw an interview for that. That was so interesting.
1: No, that really is. Cause yeah, we, I mean also the way that like sound reverberates inside your own skull and inside your head. Mm you think that your voice sounds a certain way like I always think that I have this like cool girl like raspy voice and then I hear my voice back and I'm like what the okay so you have a
0: cool (laughs) I find too it depends on who I'm talking to because I know for this I'm like oh my god when a chance to drop it and then you know if I'm getting all serious I'm like uh hello lower register yeah your pitch like yeah Mm -hmm. but it's that's so I hate I hate hearing my own voice and I started it's, leaving voice messages for people. And then they ask if they can't open them. I have to listen back to it. And I go, Oh my God, I sound like a fucking nut job. Like, it's, yeah. uh it's not fun to listen to. And I go, why no, does anyone no. want to talk to me? And then I get really in my head. It's a very positive life experience. I suggest no one do that, but.
1: <laughs> oh my god. I was, at, I was at a party a few weeks ago at like the house of my friend um Nick Bright. Shout out to Nick. And he I had heard just done named my...
0: so many times. Apparently I should know this person. Okay. He he
1: works at RAW sometimes as well. Oh,
0: okay. So, that would be why. I um
1: but he did my voice demo and we were at this party and he started playing my voice demo for people like look at how good and I was like cool. This is where I go onto the balcony and like stare out at the sunset in an existential crisis. <laughs> I, I did hear your this. voice
0: that you had a lot of options there. Oh, he has so many options there. Yeah.
1: He, he does a full-on package. So if you're Your looking for a Your animation one voice demo, was
0: great. It was oh, adorable. That's... You have this. I didn't. I, I always get surprised when I hear certain people's animation. I go, look at this. I mean, I know you're a fun person. and You have this like quirkiness. But that animation one really got it. And I thought, that's fun. I would cast you.
1: I, I have no power
0: <laughs> to do it. but
1: I was obsessed with uh, Lilo and Stitch when I was little. <gasps> and also yes. Gollum. So...
0: <laughs> By Gollum and Lilo and Stitch, the classic. Just, well, they have a similar voice. Actually, they, they do they With the, like, oh uh, Yeah, okay.
1: Uh, ooh, blah, blah. Uh. So I became... Like, that, when I was little, I worked so hard to be able to imitate Stitch, and then it became a whole Gollum bit that I did as a child. I was a weird kid. Like, I no, was you that
0: that that's No, that's, that's the voice I'm going to commit to. Like, yeah. I'm just... Hang on, where is it? In my voice? Where is it in my throat? What um, like, it's like, yeah, it's back at your uvula. If
1: you almost feel like you're swallowing the whole time you're. It's somehow This is chipmunk. for Mine sounds like a little
0: yeah. mentally challenged. That's fine.
1: Okay. It sounds like a chipmunk. It makes me think of Alvin and the chipmunks, but also. Who did I meet the other week where we had a whole moment of staring deep into each other's eyes, going, Arhama, family? It happened. It was fantastic. I don't remember who it was. I think I'd had alcohol.
0: Oh, no. How embarrassing nice. would it
1: be if I was sober? Like, I, I-,
0: would, I would love if you were. Just commit to it. That's, I can't, I don't ever want to use alcohol as an excuse. I want to own my weirdness. Like, that, that's, I'm yeah. like, yeah, this is who I am. Deal with it. If not, peace out. I don't care.
1: It's but, just the sober people in the corner reciting yeah. lines verbatim from Lilo and Stitch. But I it's
0: actually fine. like being around people that are inebriated because then they're out of their head, and I'm like, okay, cool. And I pretend that they're not inebriated, and we just have a really good time, right? Because they're loose, and I'm like, yeah, cool. You're not sober enough to judge me. Amazing. It's great. Yeah, it's fun for a while. <laughs> it's fun yeah. for, and a then minute. and then it's not. Then it's just yeah, it got weird. Okay.
1: Yeah. Then but you're just uh, very aware that there's someone like petting your head, and you're like, oh, cool. <laughs> alcohol don't drink kids yeah Petting
0: your head oh that's it uh i don't know i don't know what to. like uh, don't touch me okay yeah no it's
1: just karate like, chop
0: but like this way so it's not effective that's uh karate is not on my resume it's
1: the universal yeah. karate move first yeah. don't touch me
0: yeah i i'm fascinated with your journey through acting like did I I never really asked this question because it's a serious question I like to keep casual but like did Mm -hmm. young you would you have envisioned that you'd be at this point in your career because you've been on a journey right like you're where are you from originally are you from Alberta I'm I'm from Acton
1: Ontario it's very small it's um kind yeah it's nestled between like Milton Burlington Guelph kind of area it's very tiny Um, It has gotten bigger of late but yeah I grew up in Acton um, and I went to high school in Georgetown Ontario and um, yeah growing up like I'm the youngest of three kids um, and I have an older sister and being the younger of two girls um, basically like thank you to my parents they just put me in everything my sister was in. So my sister was in choir, I was in choir. My sister took singing lessons, I took singing lessons. My dad sang in our church choir when we used to go to church. So that was like the thing. And then my sister did plays at a local theater company when she was little. And so my parents were like, here's our weird child who always imitates Lilo and Stitch and sings to herself and will play with Barbies for 97 days straight and just make up really fucked up stories it's fine like let's it's put her it's creative in theater. yeah
0: yeah
1: let's put her in theater clearly that's a good thing for her oh and then i went there and i was like this is the stupidest thing i've ever done in my life goodbye forever so i stopped doing theater when i was like six because i didn't want to do it because my sister did it
0: and uh
1: when i, got I was going, or did you get the
0: small roles and you're like i'm better than that no i'm joking Well,
1: no, no, it was more just like, this is, this is my thing. This isn't like, this is me. I'm not doing this for other people. I mean, I am, but I'm not, you know? Yeah, that's Um, interesting. And then when I was in grade eight, my music teacher, we were putting on a musical at my school and my music teacher knew that I sang. So she got me to audition for the musical and gave me the lead role. And I absolutely hated it. Oh. until I didn't, I hated the rehearsals. The, like the guy playing my love interest in it. Um, there was some like weird stuff happening at my school. He was um, following me a lot. So they like, they had to recast him. There was a whole thing. Um, but when we actually got out and performed like people at my school made fun of me. They, I had already been bullied at that point like just because that was me. Um, but like I got made fun of a ton for being in a musical. But at the same time, like the first night we performed, there was a moment where I just became so aware. I was like, oh, I have them. Everyone is perfectly silent and they're all really invested in what's happening. And then afterwards, even though people made fun of me, I was kind of like, I don't really care what you think because I know how I felt when I was performing. And I know that this resonated with you. Like, I I know that. So when I got to high school, I was, I was always a music nerd, like that was my thing. I was in a ska band, it was great. Um, and when I got to high school, I became friends with someone who went to a local theater company. And she was like, hey, you should just come with me. Uh, you know, they do classes. It's like, it was a uh, like community theater group for youths. Uh, the Georgetown Little Theater, fantastic place, loved it. And, um, I ended up auditioning for the crucible and got cast in it. And then I basically spent the next four years hold up at the GLT. I learned how to build sets. I learned how to hang lights, um, because it was a community theater. So we had to do everything. I was like one of two students that would volunteer to help build sets. And, uh, Yeah, so I just kind of learned every different aspect of theater. And even if there was a year where I got a smaller part, I would try to figure out where else I could help. They had an incredible costume shop in the attic with like hundreds of costumes from past shows that have been donated and everything. And um, when it came time for me to go to university, I really, like, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life at that point. I didn't know. So I applied to a different program at every single school I applied to and um yeah i I auditioned at Juilliard just because I wanted to see what would happen. I you know auditioned at Ryerson, and at the end of the day, my aunt's best friend was the uh voice program uh the head of the voice program. They do a master's in voice pedagogy at the u of a They're the only program like in North America. Her name's Betty Moulton, she used to be the head of the program um my aunt was best friends with her. So I got to go to the U of A and shadow their BFA acting class for a day. So I did that. And I just like Edmonton as a city, I feel like it's shit on a lot because it's in Alberta yeah. and it's not like at first glance, Edmonton is not a particularly attractive city. It hasn't necessarily been planned that well, because it's actually two small cities that kind of just merged. Um, but being in Edmonton, there is such an incredible, like, creative spirit all throughout the city. And I think a large part of that is because it is a university town. Like it is built around the university mm. of Alberta. Yeah. So even beyond the BFA program, cause after my first year, I realized I didn't want to be in the BFA program. I didn't want to be like limited in mm. what I could study at school. Um, the French festival there, I think it's still the third largest Fringe festival Re- in the world. There's yeah. so much independent theater. There, you can walk down White Avenue, which is attached to the university, and find like a live comedy show, live music, uh, live improv, whatever, every night of the week. It's an incredibly artistic city. So it wasn't even so much the school that sold me on it; it was Edmonton itself. And also at that point, I was in that place where I was like, I need to escape. I need to get away from all these people and my family and all this. And then my family followed me. Oh my god. So yeah, they all moved to Alberta as well. Um, Yeah, so I did the program. I mean, look, honestly,
0: you just sold me on Alberta. So if you sold your family half as well, I I get it.
1: Edmonton is a great city for artists. And I think we find a lot that like Edmonton artists will find that there is like a ceiling they can reach very quickly in Edmonton. So then a lot of them come to Toronto and a lot of them end up going right back to Edmonton oh yeah yeah which is and it's not because they can't get opportunities here there are like a ton of Edmonton actors that were just in Queen Goneril and King Lear at Soulpepper um it's just there is a certain creative spirit and like collective creativity in the community in Edmonton that I think keeps drawing people back which is fantastic Mm
0: -hmm. but
1: after that like I had done the BA program I didn't do the BFA program and it became very clear that there was a reason at the time which I think they have started to address um it just became clear that like people weren't happy in the BA program at the U of A and so I in third year I ended up like I did a semester abroad because I just couldn't be there anymore I it was a weird environment at the school and when I came back I decided I was like I need to continue my acting education because I haven't I still have so much to learn and if mm-hmm. I were to enter the industry as a professional at this time, I think I would burn out really quickly and I would give up. So yeah. I need to learn more to better prepare myself for this. So I had uh, a list of schools. That was exactly one school that I was interested in. And uh, yeah, it, yeah, I submitted to, uh, I'm one of those people where if I see something really inspirational, I am easily influenced So I will be like, that is my new mantra. That is my life motto. This is how I live my life now. And at the time I had seen an interview with someone, I don't even know who, talking about the value of understanding classical theater and understanding rhythm meter and rhyme, iambic pentameter, how to use those very particular technical tools as an artist. And immediately I was like, yep. in order to be a good artist, you have to understand classical theater. So, I've heard
0: that a lot. I have heard that a lot.
1: Yeah. And I, I would say it definitely worked for me, but mm-hmm. I decided right then I was like, I want to go to a classical theater program, not because I want to do Shakespeare for the rest of my life, but because I, if that, if the base technical tools are where I feel I'm currently lacking, those are the tools I need to develop. Cause I feel confident in like certain techniques. I feel confident in realism and doing, you know, different types of theater, but, I want to make sure that my understanding of text is up there. So Mm -hmm. I decided I wanted to audition at Lambda. They have a specific master's degree in classical acting. So I was like, that's for me. That's the one I'm going to audition to. And um, prepped for it, told everyone that I was applying to it. Because up till that point, I was still living in that like imposter syndrome world where I wouldn't tell people when I was auditioning for things because I didn't want people to know if I didn't get them.
0: Oh, I I still do that. I'm like, no, I don't have any auditions. (laughs) I just submitted one. I hope I get it.
1: Okay. Exactly. But when I auditioned for Lambda, I was like, I need to, I feel like I will be more motivated and I will work Mm -hmm. harder if I know that people know. So I told like everyone I knew there was mixed reactions. Um, And and I went to San Francisco to audition and I landed in San Francisco and I got bronchitis. Oh no. And it was... You would think, oh no, it was the best thing that could have happened to me. Oh, it was look the you. best thing that could have happened because the moment I got bronchitis, part of me gave up and stopped trying so hard. And again, I know, like for me, trying too hard is a huge fear, but it's also been a reality where a lot of the acting that I was doing, I was trying so hard. It, there was no subtlety to it, there was no nuance, there was no yeah. truth to the characters I was bringing. So when I got in that room, I walked into, I, first of all, I was really nice to everyone in the waiting room. So I was like, doesn't matter. You're never going to see me again. Cause I'm not fucking getting in. And then I walked into the room and met with Rodney Cartier, who, um, was the, the principal Atlanta at that point. I think now he's actually running the program that I did. Um, he's the coolest person I've ever met in my life. And I walked in and started speaking and he just went, Oh my God, can I get you tea? and went and made me a tea and then came back and we just had such a lovely chat. And there was no pressure. I felt so free in that audition because I was like, there's no way I'm getting I have no voice. I sound like shit. I sound like a toad. I'm not getting in. Fabulous. And um, I-, I got him. <laughs> um, but I actually, I got into a different program than the one I auditioned to um so they accepted me into cuz the lambda has uh, three main programs for acting there is the 2 year uh it is now an MFA but at the time it was a diploma program a 1 year MA in classical acting and then the 3 year BA i was accepted into the diploma program so the 2 year program but in the states it's really easy to get funding for those programs in canada they have extreme limitations on what you can ask for funding for. So because it wasn't a, uh, like it wasn't actually a degree program,
0: right. I couldn't get
1: any funding for it. So I at that point couldn't afford to pay for two years of school in a different country between the tuition and moving there and paying international student fees and council tax and everything. So I ended up asking if I could be in the one year program instead. And they were like, sure. Great. Um, I don't regret doing the one year. I do wish I had taken advantage of the two years simply because of the networking opportunities at the Mm. end of the day, like the showcases that Lambda does for the classical program, because it's mostly American students, they have an incredible opportunity in the UK and they have an incredible opportunity in the States. There is no showcase opportunity in Canada. So if I had at least done the two year program, I would have gotten that networking opportunity in the UK. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, it's never a guarantee, but several of my friends who did the two year program who are American booked UK agents through that showcase. Mm -hmm. Right. And we didn't have that opportunity. So it made it more difficult when I was planning on staying in the UK um, to work there like it definitely it was harder coming out of it because we didn't really get the same showcase opportunities which is fair because that's not the point of the program yeah but now knowing what i know and also knowing that the year after i started the two-year diploma changed to a master's degree Ugh. so if i had deferred for one year i would have been yeah. able to get funding for it um it's not a regret so much as something that i think about sometimes and wonder yeah. how things would be different if that is something I pursued instead especially because like you know you go to lambda and they tell you they're very upfront in the UK they're like this isn't a guarantee of success like going to this school isn't going to make you famous or anything you're not going to be handed opportunities but in the states going to lambda means something yeah in canada I know I'm like I
0: just saw it on your resume no I've heard of it I'm like ooh look at her but
1: a lot of people were like oh going to, you're going to get through doors let me tell you haven't gone to lambda has not helped me one iota
0: that you know of Canada. just yet. Well, well when did, the- did you graduate? Uh, 2018. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then like a pandemic happened. So
1: yes, the pandemic started like two months after I moved back to Canada, which was great. I moved back to pursue my professional career and then everything shut down. But I still, I, I was really, really, I've been really lucky in the opportunities that I've received. Um, i have a fantastic agent who is just like the loveliest person on the face of the planet um i've got a couple casting directors that you know over time i'm getting larger and larger auditions through them so i am getting really great opportunities in film and television that i'm extremely grateful for um especially considering how the past two years have been but well
0: you're yeah. also doing you're creating stuff right I-
1: we're have this production
0: it. company. Yeah. yeah, I think you're you're doing everything you should be doing, but it, it is hard. I know there's certain things mm-hmm. I look back and I go, oh, should I've done this instead? How would my life have looked? Like-? I do that all the time. It's not it's not a good. It's a dark journey, yeah. dark road. <laughs> so it is, but it's also I feel like
1: it's it's a dark journey, but it's also kind of like a nice. I don't know, it, it's positive in a way because as much as I can wonder what else might have happened, it also reminds me to be really grateful for what has happened. Ooh, I like you know? that. Unlike the friends that I made in the program, some of the teachers that I worked with, the opportunities that I had, even, mm-hmm. you know, my favorite play I've ever done was I played Thersites at Troilus and Cressida. And that was one of the roles where when I got it, like Thersites is supposed to be a deformed man. And I was, I got it and I was like, what the fuck um and then I actually talking with the teacher and seeing what his vision was for it like that was one of the most challenging roles I'd had and have had to this day but on top of that that was kind of the first time in a very long time that a teacher had been like okay I see what you're good at and I see where you're comfortable you can do more so I'm gonna push you." and that was what I really needed at that point so as much as I can sit back and go oh I wonder what would have happened if I'd done the two-year I don't know that the two year would have artistically challenged me in the way that the one year program did. So I'm very, very grateful despite yeah. having that little tiny thing in the back of my brain being like, Oh, maybe you should have done that. It just reminds me to be grateful of the opportunities that I have had and mm-hmm. uh, things that I have been able to pursue as an artist through everything.
0: There are times too, I know. And uh, I always joke that I look back with regret, whatever, but there are times when I didn't make a decision. I went down a road and then I look back and I go, oh my God, I'm so glad I did that. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting when that happens. I go, oh, because when I'm going through it, sometimes I go, oh God, this is the worst. Why did I do it? And then I look back and I go, okay, that was actually the best thing I could have done. I'm exactly. grateful that I'm grateful that happened.
1: Exactly. But it's yeah. so
0: hard when you're in it to to be objective like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: no, for sure. And especially, you know, like seeing all the other programs, the other students at Lambda, like going off and doing short films and like writing their own work and, doing these different workshops, it was, yeah, there were definitely days where it was like, why don't we do that? But at the end of the day, I went there for a very specific reason. And I feel like those were the opportunities that I received and I'm mm-hmm. forever grateful. And you know, it allowed me to grow in a way that I really needed to grow. as a yeah. artist. Yeah.
0: So I'm not, I'm not mad about it for sure. It's, but it's, it's always interesting when someone says they see something in you and they push you to go there. Mm -hmm. And I never really appreciated that before until I go, oh, yeah, I know I, I like staying in what's comfortable sometimes, you know, and you need that person Mm -hmm. to be get uncomfortable and you go, oh, yeah, well, that was uncomfortable, but I've grown and
1: cool. Yeah, and I'd always I'd always taken, you know, I'd always considered myself to be a fairly transformative actor for a long time. I was an outside in actor. So I worked on physical body and uh, physical characterization before anything else. And when I went to Lambda, all of a sudden, it was like, oh, no, this is your type now. I I was playing characters that were much, much closer to my truth. So getting a character that was very, very, very far from my experience and truth, because we, we like adjusted the character um, to fit the vision, too. We had it set in like a post-Vietnam War Coney Island kind of thing uh, for Joyless and Cressida. It was great. Um, So it, it really allowed me to like get back into that mindset of not just using the tools that I naturally possessed and who I was as an actor but taking those tools and using them to stretch myself and become someone else so yeah it, was, it, yeah, it was great. That was a great role. And also, I got to smoke so much on stage. Like, yeah, Thersites was just a chain-smoking, punch-throwing little
0: bitch, and I loved her.
1: Is the best. That's so
0: funny. My favorite thing, I remember when I got permission to chew gum on stage, and I go, I love theater. Uh, let's, right? And I said, no, no, you can't eat on the stage. Are you crazy? Okay. And look, any time an actor gets
1: a prop, Okay, it is my pet, and I review theater. This is like my pet peeve. When I see an actor that is on stage with an awesome prop, even if it's just a coffee cup and they're not using that prop, I I cannot, I am filled with rage because every actor wants a prop. We all want a prop. We all want something that we're doing in the scene that like affects the way that we're interacting with people. And interacting with people can affect the way we're interacting with that prop. Like that right there is every actor's dream. Maybe it's just my dream. I love a prop, especially a cigarette. Like, the, oh, there's so much to it. So when I see actors that have props and they pretend they don't have a prop, I get so viscerally angry.
0: <laughs> I love sitting next to you at that show. I, I, was you great. were seeing things that I was not seeing. And I go, I just, I just came here for a little chuckle, support a fellow artist. and the, That was I, a great I mean, show. It, it was a good show. Shout out to Connor Thompson and his uh, person that he did it with. <laughs> something about a hot air balloon. Uh, like it was great. It was the, know, fl- the flight okay. of the balloon caster or something. That sounds right. Yeah, it yeah, was They great. were doing everything. I go. Oh,
1: oh, we love a good. I, lo- I love when I
0: learn that someone that I know is even more talented than I thought they were. That's why I like to yes. see the shows. I go. I didn't know you had that skill. Well done. One hundred
1: percent. Yeah. One hundred percent.
0: Oh, so that's, that's part of why when I like watching your reel, I go, "Oh my god!" Or like listening to your voice demo, I go, "Oh, mm-hmm. she's
1: cool." That's like, that's the other beautiful thing that I think going to Lambda taught me is, um, you know, here in Canada, obviously, again, we don't have the funding. We don't necessarily have the financial infrastructure necessary to create the theatre that we all dream of. In the UK, they do. And because of that, there are abundant opportunities. Mm -hmm. And one of the things you learn very quickly studying in the UK is how to celebrate other people's success. And I have found coming back to Canada that that seems to be a struggle. And I understand it and I've experienced it myself here, but it's because in Canada, so many of the opportunities here end up going to Americans. There's just like this general sentiment amongst Canadian actors um, that everything is still competition. And it is to a degree and competition can be healthy, but it seems to be really difficult for people in this country as a whole, to celebrate the successes of their peers, because it feels like something's been taken from us. Mm, mm-hmm. but going to Lambda, like there were students that were getting pulled out of their final year because they were cast in massive productions. There were people flying across the world to go shoot series other places. Like um, for example, Blue Del Vario, who's in Star Trek Discovery, they play Adira. They went to Lambda when I did, they were in their third year when they got cast as Adira. So they were like navigating being an American in the UK who was cast in a lead role in a series in Canada. But there was just, there was always this sense of support because there was the understanding that opportunities were not limited and the accessibility of theater for artists there as well. Like you don't have to have a massive resume to audition at the National Theater. I literally emailed the National Theater and was like, hi, can I come audition for Hadestown? And they were like, yeah, okay. Like, That, that doesn't exist here because opportunities are few and far between comparatively. Yeah. So it, I really appreciate having been in the UK. I, I don't know. I just, my automatic gut reaction when I see people creating work and sharing their work is I should be promoting that for them because they're doing an incredible thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I love what you said about like, you know, you understand your friends are more talented. I think we need to do more when it comes to celebrating the talent of our peers and our friends and the people we've come up with instead of comparing where they're at, to where we are at. Yeah. There needs to be a recognition that, you know, these people are doing incredible things and if they can do it, why can't you? Mm-hmm. you know? But you know
0: what, if they can do it and you're not, that doesn't take away from you. Exactly. Right. There's and one that, one I think that's thing. also it, it's, mm-hmm. it's, what you said, right. It's not a competition. And I, I always joke cause I'm so competitive sometimes and I go, it, When I see people book things that I audition for, I go, and then I I see what it was, and I go, that's not me. (laughs) Yeah, of course, this is exactly who it should be. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't always work that way, full honesty, but when it does, I celebrate it. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't a hundred percent it cause there's sometimes a role I really wanted and then I get sad, but I still, yeah. I still give them a good job, but it's not like a full on excitement. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's <laughs> totally fair.
1: And that, you know, when you're, when you're going out for the same role as someone else and then you see and they get it and then you see the way that you did it and you're like, well, that's not how I would have done it. I feel like there is a,
0: like, obviously, there, you know what, there are times so, the I spoke to an actress and she said it was so affirming to see that who they cast was exactly how she'd done it. Mm-hmm. And I, and that for whatever reason, you know, there's so much going on behind the scenes with mm-hmm. production that it's, she was on the right track. She had, yeah. she understood the character and there is something to be said for that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's, let's just, Start supporting each other better. I like that. I like
1: 100%. that. 100%. Yeah. Because, you know, just because someone else is at a different point in their career at that point in time doesn't mean that you're not going to get to that point. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you might get different opportunities and be at a different point that is still equally exciting for you. Right? Yeah. We're not all on the same trajectory. We don't have to be. But at the end of the day, when you're discovering the not just talent, but the work ethic and the drive and the creativity of your peers, that should be celebrated
0: mm-hmm.
1: regardless.
0: I know. I see. I wanted to celebrate one of your demos, and I couldn't watch it, and there was a password on it. There's uh, a password for my Demo is, reel. It's very yeah. annoying. I'm like, well, I can't celebrate this. So I can just listen to the voice ones, fine. No, I, like, I'll, probably you make make it, make, I'll probably make it. You got to make some, some of your stuff more accessible, so I can celebrate you properly. Okay, so yeah, I just I'm still waiting on a whole bunch of footage
1: when it comes to my uh, yes. demo reel. So a lot of the footage from my existing demo is fairly outdated.
0: oh I love my stuff from 2012 I go this is clearly who I am as an actress (laughs) honestly even
1: my stuff from like 2018 I'm like oh that's not me and also on top of that nothing in my demo reel has my current hair like the closest thing was fishbowl but my hair is in French braids for it it is in French braids yeah it is but everything else in my demo reel has me with my short hair and I look very different with short hair I mean I don't but I do you know um, so there's a part of me that is like waiting until I get a bit more material that is reflective of who I am as an artist now before I make it public. Cause right now, like, yeah, you can celebrate 2018 Watson, but, um, you don't, <laughs> don't do that.
0: Well, you can, sell so- I always say this too, cause I hate watching my old stuff and going, Oh God, Robin, terrible choices, but at least I know they are terrible choices now. So exactly. Sign exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Uh, I didn't realize this usually cuts me off at an hour and we have gone past the out. Instagram's like, no, this conversation is so fascinating. We cannot cut it off. Thanks, to really Instagram. get back to the plants. yeah, and, and we're going to end on the plants. Okay. And the plants need love. So we have to end this. Uh, but thank you so much, Watson, for being a guest on this show. I love chatting with you. Me. Yeah. Uh, and, like so many gems were dropped and you're just a fascinating person. And I can't wait to see the premiere of fishbowl when it comes to Toronto Yes, okay. we're
1: uh, yeah. We'll uh, hopefully have some announcements coming soon. So we will. I was
0: to- told that anyone that. who watches our chat gets a discount code to the. Sh-
1: <laughs> Look, anyone who gets anyone who watches our chat, like I will take you out for coffee. Will I pay? Who's to say? But I will take you for coffee. So
0: we'll you know. go to the place with the pigeons and uh, get attacked. Dear and- oh, God,
1: can oh, we not? I, I, I just.
0: <laughs> I'm not afraid uh, of
1: birds, but that was not that was. I've that never was, been
0: more. Watson and I went out for lunch, and we got attacked by pigeons uh, to a point where I they were right next to me, like about to eat my waffle. I was very upset because I really wanted that. Yeah. waffle. it was very yummy. Okay. We were oh sitting at a God.
1: garden table about like two feet in diameter, and there was a pigeon on our garden table, <laughs> just like right so just chilling. looking
0: us dead in the eyes, just like yeah, you, I'm gonna get your food. little
1: eyes. Ooh.
0: Horrifying. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's, uh, it was traumatic. But, uh, you know, it was an experience. It was, it sure we lived was. to survive the tail. Yeah, yeah, pigeons, you can't take us down. What? And the food was pretty good. It was pretty because... good. food was not to be scoffed at, so. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I tried to end this chat, and then I got distracted by pigeons. This is what they do. Okay. This is what they do. They get a rise out of me. Okay. Thank you so much for chatting. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Thank you to future <laughs> viewers. Uh, any final thoughts, Watson, before I end the live?
1: Uh, uh, no, no. Support, support local artists if you see support oh god my brain um support local artists theaters reopen now go see some theater i know that sometimes the uh tickets are pretty pricey but a lot of theaters in toronto in particular do offer discounts whether it's a bundle or individual shows so please go see support local artists um especially theater artists they've been struggling their industry was one of the longest shut down in canada so Please go see some local Toronto theater. If you need suggestions, hit me up. I review it for a living. I will be brutally honest, as my senior editor can tell you. We've added a lot of my uh, reviews very
0: heavily. Oh, that's so funny. I want to read the unedited versions, but we can take that offline. No, no. we
1: we burn those. We burn the evidence. Just fully burn my laptop every time.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) Just new new laptop? (laughs) Yeah. Just picturing this, like, trash bucket, and then you gasoline, fire... Oh, that's yep, funny. Need okay, a new have to
1: drop. Yeah, that's
0: uh, we're gonna end. We're gonna end. But that's hilarious. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much Bye. for joining with me. Bye, guys.